0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I'm preaching on promises tonight, um, which has actually worked out really well. I didn't realise that, that, um, that promises song was going to be sung so much today, but I thought it's fitting that we have promises and baptisms on the same night because baptism's just, just part of the promise that God has for us as his church, is it not? It's just part of who, what he's called us to do, and it's just part of us stepping in to that promise that he has for us. And um, tonight, I want I the title of the message is called The Pursuit of Promise. Now, promise, promise is, a, is a weird word. It's, it sounds distant, doesn't it? When I think of promise... I don't think of it as a here and now word. I think of the word that's, you know, somewhere in the distance, something that, it even sounds long, promise. We throw it out a lot. You've got great, there you go, you're getting it. You've got great potential, promise. You're going places, your promise is, you've got great promise. You know, we throw it out. I've got a promise. God's got a promise. Jesus gave me a promise. But what does it actually look like? What does it mean to live in the promise that God has given us? God's given the church a promise, Amen. He's given the church today a promise, not just the church of yesterday, but the church of today, a promise to stand upon. And as individuals, we have been collectively given a promise that aligns our heart with God's call, which is very exciting. My younger sister Sarah, um, actually, till this day, I was going to say growing up, but I'm still, I'm still growing up. Um, <laughs> But to this day, I like to try, when I'm talking to Sarah, my younger sister, to try to make her believe in the unbelievable. Like... It's just like when we're talking about things, I'll be like, you know, Barack Obama's gonna be in Ballina over the weekend or something like that. And she'll be like, really? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna be there. Like, as we're driving down to Ballina. And um, she's just like blown away. And then she, for a while there, she didn't, she didn't know how to hook me on it to know if I was joking or not. But now, if she gets the scent that I'm joking, she knows what to say. She says, promise. And every single time, Everything within me wants to continue this joke, but I just can't promise. And just, I can't, she knows I cannot wreck that. And so now the first thing she says is, do you promise? And she just looks at me with this smart, like smart look and she, I'm like, oh my goodness. She knows it. But you know, who knows that as our words fail, our promises fail, our deeds fail, our actions fail, our commitments sometimes fail, God's word never fails. His commitments never fail. His actions never fail. When Jesus died upon the cross, it was an action that resulted in transformed lives forevermore. You see, God's word never returns void. That's what my Bible says. Does your Bible say that? You guys can be two-way in this. I love a little bit of crowd participation. I'm used to preaching to youth. So the louder you are, the more comfortable I'll feel. But the thing is, yeah, that's good. That's fine. Um, The thing is, I'm used to people talking during my messages, so... (laughs) I can handle anything. (laughs) Um, The thing is, though, that God has given us a promise, and His Word never fails, but our Word does fail. You see, God always upholds His end of the bargain. He always has His promise, but sometimes we fail to occupy that promise, or you could say that future, because our deeds, our actions, and our words can't be relied upon. Are we trusted? Are we, are we being trustworthy with the promise that we've committed to with God? If God has given us a call or a destiny or a plan, maybe not the plan, but maybe just, maybe just a word, then are we really positioning our lives in order to, to live according to His word, in order to live according to what He is calling us to be here today, now? Or are we failing on our part and expecting God's promise to come as a result? As mankind, we're not guaranteed the promise of God. It's not guaranteed because we're a part of it. We're a part of it. If we choose to inherit the promise, if we choose to occupy the promise, if we choose to occupy the future, then yes, we will have that. But if we choose to, I guess, lag behind, if we choose to say no if we choose not to exercise the gifts and the calls that he has for us, then there's no promise coming for those people. I know Romans eleven twenty nine says, for God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. I know that. But here's the thing. Sometimes we don't want to use our gifts. We don't want to use our call. We don't want to use what God's given us to occupy the promise that he has for us. I would pray that we'd be a church that occupies everything that God has promised for us that we would be a church that says yes and amen when God challenges us, when he calls us to do something, when he calls us into something, that we would say, God, I'm trusting you and I'm doing what you've told me to do because I know that your word remains faithful. My word may fail, but I'm gonna do my best. And I'm not saying we can't fail. I'm not saying we can't at times get it wrong and not trust God, but I'm saying that every time we do, we need to make a conscious decision. I'm gonna learn from that. I'm gonna learn to agree with what God's telling me to do and where he's calling me in my life. That's when we learn to inherit the promises. That's when we start pursuing the promise that God has for us. Say yes, and the journey begins. Say yes today, and the journey begins. You know, the promise, occupying the promise is is not just one big yes. It's not just yes. I will occupy the promise. Yes, I will pursue the promise of God. Yes, I will be a Christian. Yes, I will live a life of that that people would look at and be like, How did they live that life? It's not about saying one big yes. Rather, a lot of little yeses along the way, every single day. Yes, I will be that. I'll be that man or that woman who God's called me to be. Yes, God, I'll pray for that person. Yes, God, I'll be generous when I don't feel like it. Yes, God, I'm going to come to church when I'm tired, when I'm angry, when I'm resentful, when I when I hate when I hate being in the room but I'm going to go because I know that your purpose is attached to the promise and even though I may not feel like it my commitment to you goes first and foremost that's when we start pursuing the promise a man in the bible who had a delayed promise who had a delayed promise who who lived in the promise although he had not occupied it yet was a man named Abraham and we're going to journey through Genesis just a little bit right now And I want to go to Genesis 12, 1 to 5, and there's a lot of Scripture in this message tonight, but I will not apologize for it. We're in church, and we can have Scripture in church, can't we? Which is good. So uh, Genesis 12, 1 to 5, it says this, The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Right here we get a snapshot of what God is doing to Abram. He's saying, go away from everything you know, everything you've relied upon, everything you've set up, everything you've come to to familiarise yourself with. Go away from everything that seems normal and step out on a word. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. You will be a blessing I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you and all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. Now, this is the key to the success that Abram had. So Abram went as the Lord had told him and Lot went with him too. (laughs) You see, people get attracted to the promise on your life sometimes. They don't even know where you're going. You don't even know where you're going. People go, you know what? That's a good idea. I'm gonna follow that person. And you'd be, you'd be surprised who comes along the journey of life when we start to take a step out onto what God has called us for. And that's my first point today. It's very simple. Step out. Step out. Abram, in pursuit of his promise, realized he needed to step out. But it wasn't a step out with a surety. There was no certain uh, result from him stepping out. The Bible only says that, G- that God said, Abram, leave your father's household, leave your, leave your homeland, leave your family, and Abram went. It wasn't like God displayed the whole plan for him and said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, this is what you can expect, but in a way, it was just a, it was just a word of God, and I love that this house has been built on one word of the Lord to the next, as you hear Pastor Byron Ann preach on a lot. It's just stepping out on the word. Even when it seems crazy, even when it seems like it doesn't make sense, Abram had come to know in this passage that stepping out on a word of God was pivotal to encountering his promise. You see, what we do is we want a promise preview. I don't know about you, but I like to watch trailers before I watch the movie. You know when you're on Netflix or maybe Foxtel, for those who still have it, and you're scrolling through. And you're looking at the movie selection and you're like, oh, I'll watch the trailer. And you're watching the trailer and it doesn't look that great. So you go to the next trailer and then that one looks pretty good. But then you think, oh, this other one might be just as good. And then you watch that one and that one looks a little bit better. But then you're still like, maybe there's another one over here. And we go through the whole line. You spend more time trying to select the movie than actually watching the movie that you want to watch in the first place. We want that, but with God's plans and purposes. We go, God, I need a promise preview from you. Like, you've told me to do something, but that's not enough. I need a person to come up to me in the shops who doesn't know me, who may be 10 years old, and just say, This is what God is saying to you. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. It's not a sign. Abram wasn't like waiting on a promise preview from God. He wasn't like, Oh, and even sometimes we get selected, we go, I don't know if that's my promise. God's telling me that's my promise, but I like that promise. That person's life looks good. So I want that promise. I want to attach myself to that. You see, we don't have the luxury of promise previews in our life. We need to step out on what God has called us to do and where God's calling us for. See, great promise without the process is pointless. Sports stars who have great promise who don't go through the process, I don't know one. You don't know any. <laughs> That's the reality. We probably know them for their failure more than their success. That person had great promise, but they can't, they can't get to training. They, that person has great promise. They're going to do great things, but guess what? When they go to the club that they want to play for, because I, play, I like NRL, that doesn't pay the bills. You can't say, I'm gonna be a great player for the rest of your life. 10 years down the track, people are gonna work out that you're not who you say you are and that you're not practicing what you're promising. As people of God, we've got to get used to the process of the promise, more than the promise. See, the promise is distant when we don't realize that the process is now. But the process is the promise disguised. The promise is actually the process. But we don't like the sound of the process because that takes practice. And the promise is actually easier to recognize than the process at times, because we like the overview, like I was saying. We like the preview, but we don't like the process to the promise. And we have to realize that unless we live in the process, which is the promise, don't forget, we will never, ever, ever actually live in the promise because it's just disguised as the process. It's disguised as the everyday saying yes and the journey begins. It's disguised as the small yeses and the big noes. It's disguised in the pain. You see, if you wanna stand on the promise one day, you need to practice living the promise today. The promise today is important. Don't live for the promise of tomorrow. Live for the promise that God's already given you today. The process. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit, or God's presence, would come upon somebody to do a task. That's why it says about Elijah and Elijah that the Holy Spirit, or the presence of God, came upon them, and they were able to do the great exploits associated. They were able to do these awesome miracles. When Jesus died upon the cross, it says the veil was torn. And as the veil was torn, this is actually a bit of a a nerve-wracking thing, and we fail to understand it sometimes, is that the Holy Spirit actually came out to all the earth and came to live in all people. If we're a believer in Christ, guess what? You carry the Holy Spirit in you, which is a little bit scary when you consider the great things that that we are capable of when we turn to God. I don't know about you, but my life is not crazy enough for me to believe that the Holy Spirit actually lives in me. Like, there, there aren't signs and wonders flowing from my life every day. Every day, like the men that we read of in the Bible, but it's still the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in me. That's the challenge. It's to say, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm so focused on the promise that I've forgotten the process. Maybe I'm so focused on the living for tomorrow that I live to today. Maybe I'm being so focused and frustrated where I'm at that have failed to actually understand where God's taking me and who's in front of me. Sarah, again, my sister, it's all about her tonight. When I was growing up, she wanted to be a personal trainer and she watched The Biggest Loser a lot. (laughs) And I must have been the closest thing to one of the contestants of The Biggest Loser that she could find in the household because she came to me one day and she's like, I wanna do your personal training. And she's like four years, a couple years younger, three years younger. And I thought, yeah, can't be too hard. And as as we're doing the personal training, I remember she was relentless. She was like going Michelle Bridges on me. Get up, do more, go further, run faster, go, go, go. Don't you stop on me, Dan. Don't you stop on me, Dan. You got more in your tank. You got more in your tank. And I'm like thinking, I've got nothing left. I'm a broken man. I'm dying over here, you 12-year-old. You don't understand physical activity. You haven't done a Cert four, So you can go to the gym and be a personal trainer. I was just relying on her. And she was constantly in my ear, frustrating me, frustrating me. And I remember I got to the end of my three-and-a-half-hour session, (laughs) and I'm in the shower, and I'm just just like, oh, that was hell. I'm never going back to her again (laughs) lucky she's free, like I can't, I can't even, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never, ever, ever going personal training with Sarah at all, and I remember thinking, "Geez, I can just relax a little bit, and then I hear a knock on the door, do some calf raises, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> in the shower, I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> I don't have to do that. <laughs> she was relentless, and it frustrated me. You know, the Holy Spirit, now that he's next to you all the time, can be a little bit like that in times. He's the one who's going, you know what? You could be generous right now. You could actually do this. And sometimes it gets so frustrating because he's like, go, 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 go. And he's like, you could take your breath. Now go, 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 go. And he's building up our endurance. The Bible says that he's a helper and, and, that, and that he's helping us along this journey in our promise, in our process. And, and the Holy Spirit will be frustrating. If the Holy Spirit isn't frustrating you, then you might not be talking to him enough because he'll be pushing you. He hasn't given us a comfortable life. We can't get too comfortable. We can, we can, we can have great relationship with God, but eventually there's going to be a growth. And growth only comes from pain. Growth only comes from pushing forward into the future, into the process, and therefore into the promise. You see, pain makes the promise prized. Without any pain, the promise is just something that really doesn't matter. Pain is not permanent, but the promise is. The process eventually leads to the prize. It leads to the promise. Maybe tonight we need to tell our faith to take another lap. To say, I've been I've been really letting my faith slip. I've been letting myself slip, but I'm thanking God that He's got His Holy Spirit on my case, saying, Go again, go again. You may feel tired, you can go again. You may feel burnt, you can go again. You may feel like you have regret, you can have joy. And God's just saying, Let my Holy Spirit be the helper that He's called us to be. Step out. It may not make sense, it may be a little bit painful. But it's the process, and in living in the process, you'll be occupying the, pro- the promise. Years pass, and Abram is still in the process. God had said, you'll be a father to many. And I, I don't know about you, but I like instant, I like convenient miracles. I like one-minute miracles. Who likes one-minute miracles? Come on. We love one-minute miracles. But sometimes the miracles take a process, and Abram gets a little bit, He has to, his nephew Lot got in a lot of trouble and he had to rescue him. It's a bad joke, I know. But he had to rescue him (laughs) and Abram's in this spot and God realizes, this is my moment. I need to speak to Abram. You see, Abram's been running. He's been working his faith and God says, now I need to speak to him like we were just talking about. It says, after this, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. This is in chapter 15, verse 1. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your great reward. But Abram said, "Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless and one without? And the one who will inherit my estate it is Eliza of Damascus." And Abram said, "You have given me no children, so uh, so a servant in my household would be my heir." Then the word of the Lord came to Abram. Came to him, "This man will not be your heir, but a son of your own flesh and blood will be your heir." He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. My second point is look up. In pursuit of your promise, always remember to look up. You know, the other day I was looking up some stars and as I was just standing there, you can black out these stage lights too if you like. But as I was just standing there, I realized that when you look up at the stars, you realize how many stars there actually are. Like, you know when you first look at the sky, you can't see, like you see like maybe a few. But the longer you look, the more your eyes start to adjust, and you start to see the light. You start to see the stars that were once hidden to you. You start to see the things that were once once just not there. God takes Abraham Abraham's feeling like this thing's not going to happen. This isn't going to come to pass. God says, don't forget, look up. He says, you see all those? You didn't realize we had this many lights in here, did you? (laughs) He says, you see all them? He says, you're going to have sons and daughters as various as the stars that you see right now. And I wonder if, as Abraham stood there, you can turn those lights back up. Thanks, Brody. But he says, as long as I wonder if he stood there for a little bit and he st- actually tried to count those stars, but he realized that you couldn't. He realized that the longer he actually held his gaze on the promise of God, the more insurmountable, the greater, the more, the, the more awestruck he become. That as he kept his gaze upon, looking up upon the promise, he realized that I've got nothing if I don't have God. That I've actually got nothing, and that this is the beautiful part, that all along the way, my promise has been following me, but I just haven't realized it. That all through this journey that Abram's been on, Trusting God in the process. God says, hey, take a look at the stars. That's your promise. You will have sons and daughters as various as those. He, he looks up and he realizes that just as he's been at times walking and wavering away from the promise of God, the promise of God has actually been following him all along. See, sometimes we just need to remember to look up. To look up. Once we step out on the word, God will reveal stuff. He will reveal the things. He will start to unravel. He will you will start to see more of who God is calling you to be, what he's calling you to do as you take one step after another step after another, another step. But let your eyes adjust. Sometimes we just go, oh, done. Good. We're good. But we need to just stand there and embrace and have a look. Take a note. Take a screenshot. Every time we feel discouraged, go back to that place, stand out and look. Say, God, you are good and I know your promises prevail. We've just been singing that song, your promises prevail. They never fail. Every time we feel discouraged, let's be those people. See, the promise had been following him. The promise was way bigger than he could fathom. You can't count the number of stars and that's exactly the way God wanted it to be had. He wanted him to realize you can't do this without me. Some time, more time passes. Abraham stepped out. He's looked up. God's said, you know, this is the promise for your life. But still, he decides to try it in his own strength. And that just sounds a little bit like me and you, doesn't it? We've stepped out. God's shown us. And yet so often... So, so it's so prevalent that continually we turn back to our way and we try to do the promise in our strength and we wonder why we get burnt out. We wonder why we get broken. You see in Genesis 16, 15 to 16, it says, so Hagar bore Abram a son. He was never supposed to have a son to Hagar. He was always supposed to have a son to Sarah. And Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. See, Abram came to the realization in this moment that although he had a son, which is technically what God had promised him, it wasn't through the process that God had said. And in that scripture, he's still Abram. In the scripture, it says, so Abram had a son. And I wonder if he was frustrated in that moment. And as we read the scripture now, we get to see that when he has a son, in the process of God, he then becomes Abraham. He becomes the father of many nations, but only when he does the process that God had for him, not when he tries in his own strength. And sometimes we realize, I've got the job, but I'm still Abram. I've got the house, but I'm still Abram. I've got everything that I thought I would need on the earth to be happy, but I'm still Abram. I'm still not in the promise. I'm still not seeing the breakthrough. I'm still broken. I'm still still resentful. I'm still angry. I'm still depressed. I'm still lacking. And we wonder what to turn to. I'm still Abram, but God intervenes in his grace and his mercy. And in Genesis 17, one to five, when Abram was 99 years old, that's old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Listen to this. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I'll make my covenant between me and you and you will greatly increase in your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, as for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abr- Abram. Your name will be called Abraham. For I have made you the father of many nations. Point number three bow down. Step out, look up, bow down. See, the enormity of the promise causes us to bow down when we realise that in our own strength, we fail time and time again. We fail and we fail and we fail and we fail. We can do it any way we like. We can get any strategy we like. We can do anything we like. But unless we turn to God, we fail. And God's saying, if you can remain faithful to me and you can can learn to live according to what I've said, then you'll be called Abraham. My covenant with you will be called, you'll be called Abraham and you'll start to occupy who I'm calling you to be. You see, submission to God leads to provision from God. God can't give us provision without our submission. It's called free will. When we, when we give our submission, when we allow to, when we submit ourselves to Him, it's His provision that over, unlocks our life. You know, he did have a son and we know the story, Isaac, and from Isaac, there was various, various men and women that came into the world through Abraham's bloodline. The, the nation Israel became, became the, it became the nation Israel, millions of people. God's promise was there all along. All he had to do was commit himself to God. He needed to step out. He needed to look up. He needed to bow down. And maybe that's us tonight. Maybe tonight we need to go, man, I need to bow down again. I need to submit what I've been trying to do in my own strength to God again. I need to allow him to do what only he can do. Maybe, maybe, just maybe that's us tonight. You, you know, the thing about Abram is that he never actually saw the promise. He saw the sun, but he didn't see the, the billions and millions of stars, the, the sons and daughters that God had promised. And I love the way that Hebrews puts it. In Hebrews chapter 11, it says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God, and by faith even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore." And I love this last part. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. You see, the promise that we have for God isn't just for today. It's not right now, but it's for the generations that follow. And that's the beautiful thing. It's the generations that feel the promise of God and the process that we're willing to walk through right now. What you say yes to right now affects the generations. What you say no to will affect the generations. What we're willing to align ourselves to right now will affect the generations. And guess what? Every... Every time the generations need to be encouraged that the promise of God is still there, all they do is look up and remember that our God still reigns and his promises still prevail and that his, 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 he's at work right here, right now. You see, you cannot contain the promise of God to one lifetime. You cannot contain the promise of God to one lifetime. It's for eternity. See, we're not building for our lifetime. We're not building for today. We are building for eternity. Get them saved. Build them for eternity. The future is here. The future is now. The promise has already started. It's already here. Step out, look up, bow down. Step out, look up bow down. Every time that promise seems distant, step out, look up, bow down. Step out, look up, bow down. We will see His kingdom come. We will see His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Awesome. Can I I have every head bowed and every eye closed? I want to make this a really important moment. If you've never been in church before, maybe you have a while ago. or Maybe you feel like, hey, you know, this God that you've been speaking of tonight, I need to be in relationship with this person. You may even know, you may not know anything about God or Christianity or this church. You're not joining this church. You're not joining anything, but you're just saying, you're making a commitment. You're just saying, I want to know more. I want to have, have a discussion after this service. I want to know more about this God of promises that you speak of, Dan. If that is you right now, you'll know if it's you. You'll start to feel it in your, in your heart. Maybe your head's telling you don't do this. Everything within you saying no, but then God's saying yes. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'm just going to keep my eye out for you. Is anyone here tonight? One more time. You're worth waiting for. I don't want to miss anybody. Anyone here, just raise your hand, put it up. I'll see it and then you can put it back down. Fantastic, I wanna pray for everybody else. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, I thank you that we get to meet here tonight. Lord, I thank you, God, that as your promises always prevail, your word never fails. I just ask that right now, there'd be an encouragement for those who need it. There would be a provision for those who need it. There would be a new, new submission, God, into your kingdom. That God, right now, collectively, we would submit our wills for your will. We would submit our plans for your plans. We would learn to step out, to trust you again, Father God. Right now, for those people who need encouragement, I just ask Father God that you would that you would uh, that you would bless them with the ability to see an encouragement that they would look up and see God the things that you have for them that they would look up and see the the things that are to come in the future that's to come Lord as we learn to trust you occupying the promise in the process realizing that we may never arrive but God we will always trust in you and that the promise will outlive our days and it will reach into our generations Father. Make us people that that, that the next generation would thank, saying thank you for what you stood for. Thank you for what you believed for. Thank you for what you had faith for, Father God. Let us be people who live for tomorrow, but live it in today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen.